0: Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Levin and, and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in the topic. So today's guest I'm, is on who doesn't stammer. Beth reached out to me last year when I posted an article that I had written regarding my stammer from my apprenticeship experience. Beth had done a workshop with a multiverse community, and I reached out to her after, and it turns out that that she was in interested in stammering. So, yeah, Beth, welcome to Stammer Stories. Can can, can you just give a brief in, introduction of who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Will. So, um. Yes, as, you, as William mentioned, we met last year. And my interest really stemmed from the fact that in my work now, I help people improve their communication, creativity, and leadership skills. So I've worked in the field of communication for 20 years and started my career uh, back in the United States. And then New Zealand in the last decade, I've been here in London. And just really helping people improve their communication skills. So I was just so curious when I saw your story and it was just something I wanted to see, what else could I could I learn about? How can I continue to help people? Because the whole idea of public speaking, it's a challenge so many people have. And I really just wanted to understand what it was like for, for you and your experience to see how I could could use that to, to help other people.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then so me and Beth had had a an hour chat or so. And then we did get quite deep, which was really in 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 interesting for me talking about my experience to someone who I hadn't met before apart from on Zoom which was a sort of a push for me because before someone wouldn't have possibly felt confident with expressing my story to someone who I didn't know but I thought this is a perfect chance but also because I had met Beth virtually on the, on the Zoom chat and, and we had quite a interesting conversation so Beth so as you don't have a stammer can you tell me what what interests you about the topic so what did you find out more what did you want to find out more about
1: yeah so I really just wanted to understand what what your experience was like because I was so impressed with what you were doing with how you were really just embracing your situation and managing it and that's what I wanted to to really understand of like what is that like because I know so many people struggle with public speaking, with presentations, and you know most of my clients aren't, aren't struggling. Um, one of their challenges is not generally a stammer, but I know there are people who have, have had them and continue to manage them. And so it was really just wanting to understand what is your situation and how can people support you how, and how can I bring that into my practice to, to better understand some of the challenges and situations that people might be dealing with.
0: And, and when, sort of following from that, public speaking is a big, lots of people find that nervous. Like lots of people get terrified about doing a work presentation or like mm-hmm. doing a speech, at, even at a family friend's wedding. Like public speaking isn't just for the workplace. Like you can do public speaking in, in whatever situation. What, what do you think are, are the factors that make people nervous about public speaking?
1: So I think the big thing is you're standing up in front of people to be judged. So that isn't just a natural thing within like being a human that when you are in a fight or flight situation, it's like, you know, if you see a lion, you know, you run, like your body is going to respond, you know, with something and that's public speaking it is putting you on the spot to be judged and you know are people going to think what you're saying is you know are you intelligent are you do they agree with you do they like you what are they looking at your hair or or, you know what are they like you know you're being judged and so that is just an uncomfortable situation for anyone even if they feel like you know they are the most confident speaker it's just being in front of someone knowing you're going to be judged and so many people in my experience I've seen public speaking and present, like it goes back for a lot of people to childhood, you know, that maybe they were a teenager or maybe, you know, in their you know early kind of s- professional lives, maybe they said something and someone made fun of them or mocked them or whatever. Um, and these are big things to kind of overcome, but okay. it is, but it, but they can be, that's the good news. Yeah. It's not something people have to have to deal with forever. If you work at it, you, you absolutely can improve.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, because you see some people who have been, who, who may have been petrified at public speaking, like myself, who never would have, like I never put my hand up in school to do a presentation, I would never have presented in my team monthly meeting, just because you're scared of how people may, uh, may portray you, but I think you're also more self-conscious about yourself rather than the actual presentation or the subject that you're talking about. So it. it In in a way, do you think the pandemic has made people more confident, public speaking, by doing it over Zoom or Teams rather than in person? Do you think it's sort of given people a sort of practice session ready for when they go back?
1: It's a good question. I suppose it depends on the person, but I actually think there are a lot of challenges doing it this way that you don't have when you're like, if you're standing on a stage or even just sitting around a desk at a team meeting, you're not seeing yourself. So like, this is very unnatural to go, you know, I can, I can see my, like, and you're constantly looking at faces and you're not seeing also the rest of someone. Um, Like here, if I use my hands, like you, you'll like, I've got my camera to wait. You can see my hands. But if I, if I, if I was like this the whole time, this could, feel really strange for you even if I was moving my hands like so I don't I mean it's an interesting one I know a lot of people have become more self-conscious of how they appear because it's just not natural to to look at ourselves like that um which I always tell people hide yourself view if it's bothering you um I mean it's a good question I think it probably would depend on the person but this is not a natural kind of environment and the other thing you miss is you miss all those cues of being in person with people. You know, it's like if you see a speaker. If say it's a big town hall, like someone might walk around the stage, and you know, they kind of there's that engagement you get that you don't have in the same way when you're just looking at it at a head. I've
0: had a certain situations where before COVID, so, so if someone said to me, "Oh, would you like to do a speech in, in, in front of forty people?" Would be like. 40 people 40 real people but now when, when I see like I don't really see on zoom 40 people as that much of that makes sense because you can't yeah. see am at the t- same time all those 40 faces like it's just that like, different mentality how does how talking to 25 people doesn't seem like a lot but compared to in real life 25 people is actually quite a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's just one of those situations where you're more self-conscious because you can see people's reactions and you're conscious to see how people react but also you may feel sort of more relaxed as well because you may not see or so you may feel like you're talking to five people rather than to 25 people Mm -hmm. and like I remember Ewan Blev, founder of Multiverse, reached out to me and said, oh, do you want to talk to our team meeting? So so I thought, right, how many people joined? Really? I, uh, around 150, I think, oh, that's more that would be the biggest public speaking event. But like, I didn't really think of it like that because just saw it as a Zoom call. Then I realised after I was thinking, actually, that's the biggest number I've spoken to. Like, it's just really weird how, like, the pandemic has changed us Or oh. So my next question is, do you have any family or friends who stammer?
1: So I do have a friend who stammered as a child, um, but it's someone who I didn't know in their childhood. It was a conversation once that I was having that we were talking about public speaking and communication, and he said to me, we you know I really struggled as a child, um, and he had worked with a therapist, like probably, you know, ages eight and nine to get, get that out. And he did, it was funny because when he mentioned it to me, he said, sometimes it will come out. Like if I'm thinking something, you know, faster than I can get it out, like I'll, he said, I'll, I'll pause on certain, you'll, and then I, every so often I'll hear it, but um, it's not something that um, I knew a lot of like close friends or, or family when I was growing up that had and I just wanted to add to your point before about doing it for the group. I think that's so great, Will, Thank how you me. have like, t- like honestly, it is so inspiring for people to see just you growing out and you're doing it. And the more you do it, the more comfortable it's gonna be to you. And like what you said, you, you can talk to a big group on Zoom and you can hide their faces. So you yes. might only see a small window and you just think you're talking to a camera. And so you're right, it really depends on the situation and the, and the person but the more you do it and I imagine you probably found this too the easier it gets
0: oh or, yeah definitely or less and, hard <laughs> yeah and it is it, just really weird how you don't really think of cer- certain situations virtually even you do if it was a person like before I so I presented this podcast in a team meeting last week and I I before, so I wouldn't have liked doing it in person, but I realised that I, I I don't get nervous as such for doing a present for because I feel like I I don't know the people, but it's really weird how I'm more nervous about doing a presentation in front of people who I know compared to people who I don't know. Like I know those people will possibly go and listen to that interview, but I don't think of that at all. Mm-hmm. So. Have you seen? So this is a, I um, mean, hot question. So don't don't think about it. When you think of a famous person who stammers, who do you think about?
1: The first one that came to mind was Joe Biden.
0: Yeah. Okay. well, okay, someone someone said King George, which I thought. So so it's does he in probably like showing a, our
1: nationalities. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I just sort of want to gauge who people think of when they think of someone who's done, because lots of people think it's... So I think the the majority, the majority of people say, like, Malin Monroe, or like, King George, Joe Biden. But, but I'm going to be curious to see if people pick up other names as well. And going from that, so, like, Joe Biden, he talks in front of a whole nation and we are uh, from his time when he's very open about his stammer but also he's had lots of bullying regarding his stammer throughout his campaigning and he when, when i saw that he got a journalist or someone to actually resp- uh, to say sorry to him because he because they didn't know that he had a stammer which i thought was pretty huge for a journalist to even say sorry Mm. So why do you think it's sort of because lots of people who stammer look up to Joe Biden now and saying if he can talk in front of X amount of people, I can do that. And it sort of ties in with the public speaking front. So have you noticed Joe Biden's stammer in, in any of his speeches?
1: Um. I'm. I feel like over time, I have probably, like, yeah. there's probably been something, and my exposure to a lot of his stuff, being based in the UK, I'm not seeing as much. If yeah. I back in the US, I think sometimes you might see someone pause, who yeah. like if you know they have a stammer, like they may have been taught to pause before they speak to kind of let let themselves, you know, take a moment. Um. But no, it's not something that that is really that that you know that I'm that I think, oh yeah, you can definitely tell. Um, yeah. And I think that probably comes from, you know, decades of making speeches and practicing and, and working on it, but I think it's good. There was a really great article, I think we talked about last year, where they talked about this. And I think it's just raising awareness to people because of course yeah. in politics, people are going to be critical no matter who you are or what you believe, because that's just politics. And I think when people, interpreted maybe they interpreted his um his diction or his pronunciation or his or his delivery as he doesn't know what he's going to say or he has forgotten and and then they tried to tie it into his age which is another cruel thing to do yeah um but when you understand oh actually this is somebody who's managing something else and here's the experience they've had and i think what's great about that is it develops empathy because i remember when we spoke you shared some statistics with me about I think it was like 23% of Britain, the the yeah. population in Britain that they had interviewed that they had polled said it was okay to make fun of someone yeah. with a stammer, and I think by sharing stories of how that affects people, because sometimes, you know, there, are, I mean, kids are going to do things on playgrounds and and you know, people, I mean, we we know how the world is, right? Sometimes yeah. it's it can be cruel, but I think if we can raise awareness of how that makes people feel and what they're struggling with and like what you were saying you know i don't want to raise my hand or i didn't want to speak that's limiting the world from your ideas yeah and Um, that's not a good thing
0: no definitely not and like it's one of those situations where why why i wanted to create this podcast because people still think it's a large amount of people still think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stomach but also they they may do it by accident because they don't know what, right, what the right thing to do. And I spoke about this in our chat last year and saying how deep the mental health effects it can have on a young child who's damaged and if someone in a class bullies because you can't hide your voice and, and you can't really disguise it because you wouldn't be showing your true self. And then I think one of the reasons I want to talk in what I wanted to do this podcast was to talk about the not just for happy positive signs but also for side effects and like the deep side that people do get bullied then it does affect them must be like actual starring children's helpline has risen by 57 percent over the pandemic because they're worried about their stamina getting worse but also teachers phoning in saying oh, I've got a student who." Stammers also speech therapists because they've not experienced stuff like this before. Seeing people who they thought this stammer was only going, getting better, and then they saw it being massively reduced. And I think lots of people assume that a stammer is, and once you fixed it, you fixed it.
1: Mm.
0: But there's no cure to stammering, sadly. And, and then I think people need to know the, the effects, but also how we can change those statistics to to motivate and make people aware of the topic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So my next question is basically following from that, what do you think of of the starring stigma? Like there's currently a lot of bad press and it sort of goes through phases like in the press. So like Joe Biden, it got picked up again, the topic and then it died down, died down. compared to other neurodiverse topics which are more spoken about what are your current thoughts on on the overall stammering sort of how how people look at it what are your thoughts on how people look at it
1: um well you know it's a good question i don't know probably depending on it depends on probably someone's situation if they've either experienced it firsthand or they know someone who's experienced it i think What we're seeing right now is such a shift of just, like, general mental health kind of awareness and and all kinds of, like, neurodiversity as well. The more we understand, of like, what it's like to be dyslexic or what it's like to, you know, struggle with mental health or what it's like to manage a stammer, any of those things help us as a society. I think just be more decent people you know like once you understand like when you and I discussed it of like what are the things people can do about you know and you said don't finish someone's sentence if they are stammering and and even like the word choice like I said is there a difference between stammering and stuttering because in the U.S. we would say stuttering um so I think there's this whole awareness piece that like once people understand have a little more understanding and that's why I think it's great you're sharing these stories because that's that's just going to develop their empathy. And then, and I think too, we've also got to remember that a lot of times people, they, they don't know what they're like, they, they, they might offend someone unintentionally. Right. So they don't know how to deal with the situation or they think they're helping like, Oh, I'll just, I know what you mean. I'll finish it off. Whereas you might find that offensive or upsetting, and they think they're yeah. being helpful. So this is where exactly. it, all, it all comes back to communication to say, hey, I, because I, I wouldn't assume that because of, you know, what you've told me or your preferences, that doesn't stand for everyone that has, has had to manage a, a stammer as well. So it's just that going back and being curious and having empathy, and that's that's going to build it, I think, our, our knowledge and, and just help us, you know, be be better human beings. <laughs>
0: Definitely and when when I think that it's really in, interesting for me from hearing it from someone who doesn't stammer because like I see in a completely different light but I definitely think that some of the points you said relate to a lot of people how every single person is different than I think like people have different techniques but I think it's one of those hidden topics that people But why do you think it's not spoken spoken about as uh, as uh, as much as as it could be? Because I've been sort of surprised by the amount of in by people's reactions, like journalists or different media, and I have reached out to them, that. Like, they sound really keen and confident. But why do you think it's not a topic that people think think about without having to? have someone go to them if that makes sense
1: i suppose it's it's probably just we all every everyone lives in their own world of kind of these are the th- like it's kind of like if um you know issues of if you talked about like maternity discrimination that might not be top of mind for you because you've not experienced it and yeah. you know you you won't have to experience it so i think that's probably it that we all kind of know our own world and particularly in the last year I think the focus of just probably a lot of things have kind of fallen off the radar because yeah. been so, there's been so much emphasis on the pandemic and the effects of lockdown and mental health and how do we keep, you know, get people back to work and what happens with vaccines. Like it's just competing priorities, I suppose, for, for the media and also the, the public's attention. But I think that's one of the nice things, William, that like when you have someone like Joe Biden, I mean, the president of the United States talking about this openly like not hiding from it, not to, like, I mean, I'm sure there would have been a point in time in his career where people would have, it would have been frowned upon for him to, to talk about it openly. It would, have been yeah. viewed, it would have been viewed as something to hold against him, a weakness, you know, people could twist it to say something else. And like um, Amanda Gorman, who was, you know, wrote, read that beautiful poem at the inauguration. She also talked about kind of her speech challenges and how she prepared yeah. to do. And like, you see these people and they're, they're doing great things. It's not holding them back. And I think that's, a great way to kind of share the message in a way that that people will, it just raises their awareness. It's a really natural way to talk about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Then I think that's been what's great is that I think people are more comfortable coming out of their comfort zone and Mm -hmm. and talking about their stamina and and like in, in aspiring people else because lots of people, part of my role as a Stam is to inspire people, young people who are transitioning from education to the workplace who are afraid about how businesses and companies will portray their stammer and I've been working quite closely with like different senior leaders in my company about why, about saying how they should be a role model because they've never discriminated me because 'Cause i like they've always supported different promotions, like they've supported this and but I think there are some companies who may see that as a advantage, I mean, as a disadvantage. So if there's a role that requires lots of phone calls, so so going bad feeling that the person doing doing the interview may mark them down because they're stammer because of having to use their phone quite a lot, which I think is is quite tough, especially when you've not witnessed that person in a working situation
1: Mm -hmm. again it's a whole level of sensitivity and also i think like you may think about your stammer because you know you are managing it you've lived with it your whole life other people you work with it may not be something they really think about or if they were asked about they might be like oh yeah i've noticed it from time you know what i mean it's like sometimes we think these things like oh everyone's noticing this thing about me and they're judging me on this. And often people are so busy in their own stuff that they're not paying attention to, sometimes to anyone else. And so that's why I think it's great to just raise that awareness in a way that it's not hitting them over the head or beating them with a stick. It's just saying like, hey, here's a story. And just like I had a colleague years ago who told me about how dyslexia, like when he got feedback on things, how it affected him, it was like, oh, that's really good to know if I'm ever having to give you feedback that I understand that I understand that about you. So it's again back to like being curious and communicating with people. Yeah.
0: So sort of following from that last question, like lots of companies, people who stammer who are working, like we are starting to go back into the office. And I've started going back in slowly. But I think lots of people who stammer who who are going back to the office may because their stammer may have got worse in lockdown like mine have but they're sort of afraid of how going back into the office environment may shock their stammer and mm-hmm. to managers or like teams or people them as a colleague who stammers what sort of advice from a communication perspective would you give to them like what sort of because I like we like they may have still spoken to their teams on Zoom, teams, like it's still, they still have that everyday interaction, But like the shock of being in person and being around lots of people may make their stammer suffer slightly. So what advice would you give to those colleagues or all to that person who stammers?
1: Well, the first thing I'd say is I think we're probably all going to be suffering yes. so- socially, like just the fact Absolutely. that we have like, and even like if you see someone as, we, as we've come out from lockdown, I saw someone outside and you have this kind of awkward, can I hug you? No, I probably shouldn't. I can stand, like, do I elbow, do yeah. you know, like, it's kind of like you you don't, like you've lost all social skills, <laughs> like you, you don't know how to talk to someone anymore. And yep. so I think that's the one piece of comfort I'd start with is to say, like, whatever you're feeling, even, you know, we all are going to feel a unique situation. And obviously with a stammer, that is, that is different too, but I don't think anyone is going to go back feeling like I know exactly what I'm doing. And I'm, you know, like we've all, we've not flexed our social muscles in the same way, even if we've been on zoom calls, it's, it's not the same. We haven't had those little spontaneous conversations and had to sit around a table in the same way. So we're all going to be a little bit rough. Um, and I suppose what I'd say is like to, to line managers or people managing a stammer with any of those, again, I'll sound like a broken record, but it comes down to communication and yeah. it comes down
0: talk about
1: it. To, to talk and for managers to really listen. And I would say to them to be curious, like, don't assume that you don't assume you know what anyone is feeling. Like, just because there will be some colleague that's probably like skipping down the street, happy to go back in the office, ready to go and get their coffee and get back into that routine. There will be other people who feel really uncomfortable there will be you know depending upon like when people get vaccines or how they have to travel or what's going on in their family and i mean there's just so much that i think people are dealing with right now that any manager needs to really just apply even more care empathy curiosity and and really listen like ask what i the, the saying i love is ask don't assume so instead of saying like, well, William, you came back in the office, so you're obviously comfortable to actually just say, hey, Will, how are you, how you feeling about it? How are yes. how, how you feeling? And, and how can I support you? What do you need? Like asking those questions, that's what's gonna help. And for someone who, if your manager is not asking you those questions, then be brave and be bold and communicate with them and let them, give them the chance to, to support you.
0: And then just talk about it, be open. when, you, when if you're on others, they won't judge you for it and and they'll they'll find ways of helping you through it when, when, when i think a lot of people are just scared about talking about it because they may think there may be bad side effects but this is, so if you know your team you know they won't be that sort of person like i know for a fact that my team would never you know like they would always oh, check in but i would be comfortable because like We've we're close teams, so i would be comfortable with saying I, I'm, let's say, was struggling, so, so I'm But I'm, so I'm having a struggled day where I, I may not be up for talking much, but I am fine. But does say so you're say so you're aware? Then then I think people should just be confident in telling their feelings because it will just relieve you so much of stress anxiety. And then so, you're, so you're not thinking about it so my final question is so so if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and then to someone who doesn't stammer what would they be
1: so I think my advice would actually be the same regardless of if you stammer or not and yeah. okay I gotta get this down to three the magic number so <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the first thing I would say is is focus on your strengths no matter who you are um it it doesn't matter like everyone has communication strengths and and other things that they're good at and so instead of saying I'm not good at this or I don't do this very well like focus on what you're good at like everybody has communication strengths and it might be that you know you you're really you're a really good listener that's a communication skill you um give great body language you're you know you um you know how to get to the point quickly, you add humor, like there's so many things, but to think about what do you do well, rather than dwelling on maybe the things that you don't think you've done so well. So that's number one, focus on your strengths. The second is focus on your audience because too often people will think, you know, I'm giving a presentation, I, I have to do this, I have to be like this. And when I tell people when you're giving a presentation, think of it as you are giving the audience a gift and they are giving you a gift of their time. So it is your job to make the most of their gift and give them a valuable idea or something to think about, something to ponder, some sort of insight. Like if you think of it that way, that it's about the audience, what do they want to know? What What would be interesting to them? Like focus on them, then it can also make it easier for you to speak because if you're focusing more on someone else rather than yourself, some of the nerves you might have can go away. So okay, strengths, audience. And then the third one is the world needs your ideas. So if you hold yourself back because you have a stammer or because public speaking makes you feel uncomfortable or you're nervous, you are depriving the world of your ideas. And we need your ideas. So in whether it's in a team meeting or a big, you know, big speaking engagement, like your input is valuable and the world needs it. So Know your strengths, know your audience, and remember the world needs your ideas.
0: I absolutely love those, and I love that last one as well. So, f- f- for our viewers, where can they find you for after this podcast? Can I can can I put in your LinkedIn below and then your website yeah, and so a- people can take loop?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So my website is uh, Beth-Collier My LinkedIn you can use, and also I have a newsletter where I share stories about the benefits of curiosity and, and creative business stories. So I have a newsletter as well that people, is free that people can, can get stories and insights on as well.
0: Amazing, well, thank you so, so much Beth for coming on. I mean, it's oh, been a pleasure nice. talking to you but also finding out your thoughts from someone who doesn't stand it, but also seeing, seeing it from a communication perspective, which I think is key, such a key topic for people who stem up for people who don't stem up so, so as i mentioned pre- previously we've got some really exciting future guests coming on so please tune in to those episodes and but thank you for, for listening we're so excited to see this podcast grow and and yeah so it would be great so, so if you could follow us on instagram and twitter we post all our exciting updates and, and facts on that as well and then see you next time in two weeks